Welcome to today's show featuring John Sills, author of The Human Experience, How to Make Life Better for Your Customers and Create a More Successful Organization, published by Bloomsbury. John is also managing partner of The Foundation, a customer-led growth company, so with luck he knows something about the topic. Okay, to the book, The Human Experience, which, incidentally, won the Institute of Leadership Book of the Year 2023. John, what motivated you to write it? I think there's probably two things, one longer term and one shorter term, that motivated me to write it. I've been writing uh, so I've been writing for quite a while, and I think I just got to the point where I was actually just increasingly angry uh, about the state of customer experience in the UK. Um, it's easy to look at it as a, you know, a, a feature of companies or a job or department, something that has to be done. But ultimately, you're talking about people's real lives, you know. And I was starting to see in other people as well as myself the amount of time and effort and stress. I was giving over just to being a customer, just to paying organizations money. And it just kind of got to a tipping point where uh, I needed something cathartic to help me break out of that. So I really wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book. And so I started to kind of think about what that might look like. And then the short term spark was, as it always is, in the shower. Uh, I was um, you know, still in the shower during COVID and I just suddenly thought about human. And I thought, I think that's it. I thought, I think that's the thing that combines together all of these articles that I've written over the past few years, all of these feelings. I've got these topics I've got in my brain. It's just about being more human. And we've lost that humanity. We've replaced it with functionality instead. So the combination of that kind of anger and desire to get that message out in the world, but then having that topic that tied it together was what, uh, was what got me there. Great, thank you. And um, I really like the style of the book, the approach of the book. And I wanted to pick up for potential readers. I like the sections right at the start, actually, about the three myths, customer loyalty, customer feedback, customer ROI. Um, for a start, the sections are very funny. And secondly, they're alarmingly accurate. Now, to summarise horribly, in effect, I think you're saying companies have managed to get their thinking kind of the wrong way around. They're focused on themselves and actually not on the customer. Folks, you'll have to read the book to find out exactly what the myths are. But anyway, the key thing is, why do you think such wrong way around thinking? Why do you think those myths persist? Yeah, I think I think the thing is, it's a, it's a natural human trait. You know, we all see the world from the inside out. We're all closer to our own backgrounds, beliefs, cultures than we are to the rest of the world. And we've seen this play out in lots of ways in the political spectrum, for example, in the past few years of confirmation bias and where we continually are surrounded by people that agree with us. And that's really what happens in organisations. You know, your leaders in organisations are closer to their own colleagues, their own business decisions, they're closer to their own industry than they really ever are to their customers. So even if they think they're customer-led, just the weight every single day, the weight of things that are thrown in them are just reinforcing those inside out beliefs so they do things that they think make sense like they send out lots of surveys feedback surveys to customers and logically that makes sense you want to know what your customers think so you ask them questions that convinces leaders they're close to their customers because they've got all of that customer data coming in but the problem is nearly all of those customer feedback surveys are about customers opinions of your business what do you think about us what do you think about our service what do you think about our products would you recommend us and the problem is that doesn't actually get you close to what matters to your customers. That gets you close to their opinions of your business. It doesn't get you close to the real things that are impacting their life every single day. 
day. And the best businesses are able to take that outside in view of the world and are able to understand what matters to customers in their lives and then work out what's going to be useful to them. So yeah, this deluge of information that's coming in the past few years just convinces people they are outside in, but actually they're still very inside out. But it is just a natural human bias that you're trying to fight against. And that's why it persists in, in leaders and in organizations. It needs real work, deliberate work to be able to escape the gravity. And there's a great section on failure demand. Could you just give us a quick thumbnail about that and why that kind of thinking is important? Yeah, really important because in a lot of organizations, when they think they're going to do something better for customers, they presume it's going to come at a cost and they have to decide are they willing to pay the extra money to make that thing better for customers or not. Whereas in truth, bad customer experience is really expensive to provide. Um, so for example, Failure demand, you know, is the uh, the demands that are placed on your services through your failure to do something right previously. So, for example, I worked with an energy company a few years ago, and a third of all of the calls they had coming into their contact center were repeat phone calls from customers who'd rung up in the last 24 hours and weren't happy with the answer that they got or how the call had been dealt with. So you see this a lot with contact centers, for example, they want to kind of rush you off the phone and get onto the next call actually just causes you to phone back again. And so you get this failure demand on your system. So actually the companies that have the best customer experience often have the lowest cost as well because they're just doing things in the most efficient way and they're not constantly having to deal with customer problems and queries because they've got it right the first time around. Yes, and you touch, although not quite in these terms, you touch on um, the business of people coming back because we assume it's loyalty, but it's not, is whether or not you're getting, at the very least, the functional items correct. That, that's broadly broadly right, yeah. I think, I think my point when it comes to the myth of loyalty is that customers aren't loyal to any organization. You know, they use an organization because that organization is useful to them. And it could be useful in a number of ways. They could be useful in a very functional way that the, the product is good enough or that the price is a good price. It could be useful in a psychological way. You know, someone like Apple or Tesla, actually the quality sometimes isn't quite as good and the price is sometimes a lot higher. But, you know, the brand says something about you. It gives you a status symbol. So that's useful too. But all of that is just dependent on whether that's useful at the time. So say, for example, the CEO of Tesla goes and does something crazy like buys a social media company and sets about destroying it and showing what an awful human he is at the same time. That might make Tesla slightly less psychologically useful as a brand you want to let other people know you associate with it that did before. It's not any kind of misguided loyalty that only exists with people, friends, family, maybe local communities. And sometimes organizations can get close to that. But ultimately, if the product, the service, the brand isn't still being useful to them, then they'll just stop using you as they would for anywhere else. And it's it's dangerous because if leaders believe customers are loyal, then they stop trying to impress them. In the human experience, I'd say the recurring theme perhaps is emotion, connecting fully with customers' lives. In fact, the book is, for me, almost a, a business customer life manifesto. So how would you say your approach fits into the B2B world in particular? Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. So the, I suppose the core of the, the idea of the book is exactly that, that we've spent the last 20 years affecting the functional experience at the expense of the emotional experience. But ultimately, you know, as I've said, and lots of other more famous people than me have said before, the only thing that really matters is how you make people feel. That's what you remember. The feelings is what you remember. The feelings is what dictates, uh, you know, your, your behaviours, really. Um, 
And, and so that is the problem. And I think the thing is that's as relevant in B2B as it is in B2C. And sometimes we can think B2B is very different because it's got these layers of companies and corporates and different kind of structures. But we kind of forget that in businesses, it's still people. It's still humans that are running those businesses. And, you know, and you'll hear a lot, particularly, you know, good salespeople will always say, well, it's, it's a people business. You still, you know, good negotiation, good conversation, good relationships. It's still about the people you know. So for me, it works. And, and the concept is exactly the same in B2B as it is B2C. Of course, you need to understand the different dynamics that are at play. You might not have one decision maker. You might have many decision makers. You might have different departments that you're working with. But ultimately, your customers are still humans. And they're just people, humans that are operating in a different way from if they were just an individual person. And I think in the B2B world, and we do a lot of work with B2B companies at the foundation, we could we could really do a lot more to think about the humans that are behind uh, behind those companies. Great, thank you. And so in our remaining half minute, what's the one thing you would like readers to take away? Yeah, I, you know, I think the, the one thing is really the last line of the book, uh, which so you, you have to have to read it all the way through to get there. But ultimately, it's if we just do one thing differently, I think we could all just, you know, if you're in doubt, just be human, just be a bit more human. And, you know, we spend our whole lives training and learning to be humans. And then we come into business and we come into work and we kind of throw it all away and we start emailing in a different language. We become very formal. We wear different clothes. We start acting in a different way. So I think if all of us with colleagues and customers can end up just being a bit more human in our interactions with each other, then we'll all feel better, whether we're customers or colleagues, and I think we'll all have a less stressful life as a result. Well, thank you to the very human John Sills talking about his book, The Human Experience, How to Make Life Better for Your Customers and Create a More Successful Organisation, published by Bloomsbury, available from Amazon and all good bookshops. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.